It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, it is the dramatic conclusion of the two-part mid-level madness game show edition of the podcast with our pal Louis Zatzman. Yesterday, we ran through big men who the Raptors might be able to target with their $10 million mid-level exception this offseason through the form of a game where I pulled names out of a hat and we riffed on them for 90 seconds each, both for and against the Raptors signing them. We're going to do the exact same thing today with guards and wings, Ball handlers, defenders, three-point shooters, baby. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks again for being here for Mid-Level Madness. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1185 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, May the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also go and follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps. It's much appreciated when you support the show that way. And you can go to YouTube and subscribe for absolutely free as well. It's a giant red subscribe button. You can't miss it. Just go and click it, and then you have supported the show and become my friend for life. And as always, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right, it is part two today of Mid-Level Madness, the game I concocted yesterday that will bleed into today, where I have a hat full of names that the Raptors could target with their $10.3 million mid-level exception this offseason, their best tool for adding to this roster this summer. And uh, Lewis Zatzman from Raptors Republic is here to riff on these names as we pull them out of the hat. Lots of guys got left in the hat yesterday. We might have to do this again sometime next week. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Lewis, how are you, pal? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you again for having me. Two shows. This is incredible. It's so fun. And through the magic of podcasting magic, uh, the magic of podcasting magic, I'm bad at speaking words and using a wide vocabulary. Uh, we're wearing the same clothes as we did yesterday. It's because we recorded them both on Thursday. Uh, we're not gross. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not that it's... Speak I'm for yourself. I'm wearing this tomorrow anyway. Also, let me just like peel back the curtain a little bit. I change clothes like for the podcast. I'll rewear the same shirt like nine times in a row, and I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> but I like to look presentable for the podcast and to like give a little distinction from day to day. But we're recording these back to back, so there was no time for me to go and put on a new shirt. So here we are. We're doing it again uh, in the same garb as we had on Thursday. All right. We're playing mid-level madness, a refresher on how this game works. I have names in a hat. Today, it is a Toronto Blue Jays hat. It is not my bedazzled mustache hat, uh, which was a fun hat. This is just more of a... This is actually a good hat. It's deeper. It's got some heft to it. It holds the things in pretty well. There's going to be no spillage. 
good structurally sound hey good job new era uh on, on crafting this hat for this purpose alone and only this purpose uh so yeah got all these names i'm gonna pull some names out we're going to riff for 90 seconds each Lewis is going to decide whether he wants to argue for or against that player being signed by the Raptors, and then I will rebut the other side for 90 seconds. Got a timer and everything all set up. It's very annoying. Lewis was excellent on Thursday at not going over time. Me, not so much. I also forgot to press my own timer like three times, so uh, we're going to try to <laughs> tighten up the format here today. Uh, before we dive into some names, though, Lewis, I'll ask you the same question I asked about Biggs yesterday. What's your philosophy on the Toronto Raptors using their mid-level exception on a guard or a wing, something in between, hybrid-type player? Where are you at? What would you like to see the Raptors use their mid-level on? And is it someone who can handle the ball a little bit? Yeah, I think this is where I think the Raptors really have a skill to add. Mm -hmm. I see two things the Raptors need. One, shooting. Use yep. someone who can shoot, please, please. Mm -hmm. Two, Someone who can get the ball, drive to rim, and put it in over someone. Mm -hmm. They have no one who can do that outside of the established stars. They gave a lot of guys on the bench chances to do that. None of them came through. Hopefully they can package those two skills together into one guy. And you saw Thad Young super successful, even though he's not the best shooter, he's not the best at driving and scoring for people, but he can do a little of both. So it fit yeah. in perfectly on top of the other skills and so i think this is where more than a big i think the raptors could add a real rotation piece i am with you i think this is the best chance to add a guy who's going to have like a tangible impact on the rotation someone who can take some of the burden off of fred van vliet to ensure his bones are not being ground into fun dip over the course of the season and uh yeah i, I just think it, there's so many more boxes that need to be checked in this area of the roster than there are in the front court. Because look, man, you can sign a center, but guess what? See, Occam's going to play some five. Barnes is going to play some five. Precious and Boucher are going to play some five. Kem Birch, if he's around, is going to play some five. Like, they can get to 48 solid minutes across that front court. Uh, I'm less certain about sort of the backup bits of the wing and guard rotation. So addressing it with a proven commodity in the mid-level market, I think, is where you want to go. With that, let's begin mid-level madness, guards and wings edition, baby. I have probably like 13, 14 names in here. We're not going to get to all of them, but that's okay. We can always repurpose this podcast next week. It's the off-season, baby. We're in the, uh, in the uh, business of milking things for all they're worth. All right. Let's begin with the very first name that I have here. The first name is a guy you suggested, and that I was like baffled when you suggested him, Dennis Schroeder. Shout out to Herbie Kuhn. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, for or against? I am for Schroeder. All right, your time so, has started. Carry away. I know that this is probably going to be torn apart by you. Uh, he did not fit oh, well yes. into Boston. <laughs> I thought he was going to be an excellent addition to Boston. But it's hard to find guards who can get to the rim and finish there. And he is actually excellent at doing that. Now, he hasn't proven to be that wonderful at playing inside of a uh, team concept. He has not proven uh, to know when to shoot, when to pass, to run a team as a floor general. But look, he doesn't have to play point guard. He can play shooting guard. They can give Scotty Barnes those backup point guard looks and just ask him to score when he touches the ball. They already asked Trent to do that. When Trent's not doing it, they can ask Schroeder to do it. He is a scorer the likes of which the Raptors don't have outside of their stars. He would really juice the bench. Jordan Clarkson-type scoring. He can shoot. He can finish. They need both of those skills. 
Wow. Only a minute to make the case. It's wow. not a very good case. That was uh, bad. I, start, I started low <laughs> last episode as well. I built my way up to 90 seconds. Look, man. The <laughs> Boston Celtics started this season as a disjointed, angsty, on the verge of trading away their dudes mess. The second they traded away Dennis Schroeder, they became the best team in the NBA. They became the 96 <laughs> Bulls. And look, he's talented, sure. He can go get a bucket and all of that. But there is something to be said for chemistry and vibes and just like not hating the people you play basketball with. This also happened with the Chicago Bulls. People will say, oh, injury was why they lost their season. No, it's because they signed Tristan Thompson and he started being like the dad in the room and everybody hated him for it. And the vibes became as much as the injuries a reason why that season went down the tubes. Dennis Schroeder, very talented player, had some nice moments. I think really the best moment he had was when he was getting yelled at by Chris Paul into being good for a year. Good for him. Otherwise, he seems like a cursed dude to add to a team and is not the kind of guy that, like, on this Raptors team where they pry themselves on everyone getting along, everyone having good vibes, just seems like a real sort of toxic addition to that group. Not to mention, Gary Trent Jr. should be the sixth man next season. He should be your Jordan Clarkson type Go get a bucket, dude. Maybe he doesn't get to the rim the same proficiency that Dennis Schroeder does, but I can't think of anything more disastrous than a backcourt of Gary Trent Jr. and Dennis Schroeder trying to trade off buckets against opposing team benches. It would be a nightmare. No thank you. No Dennis Schroeder for me. Do you have a 15-second rebuttal? No, that was strong case. Not a lot of teams <laughs> have a go-get-buckets position. Sure. Right. The Celtics didn't, and it didn't yeah. work. I do think Reggie Jackson, for example, was not good until he found his home in the Clippers sure. because they have a go-buckets position. And I think that Schroeder might fill that for the Raptors. Look, we're talking mid-level, mid right? This is not a sure thing. Mm -hmm. That's how the Celtics got him. If the Raptors didn't like it, they could just get rid of him, same as Boston. That's a good point. And then when they traded him, I guess the, to go against my own argument, trading him midseason would, in fact, put them on a track to go and win a title and win every game That's for right. the rest of the season because they're happy. Uh, we're going to continue on and dig into some more dudes from the hat uh, in the mid-level and wings. Sorry, the wings and guards edition of mid-level madness. That's coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our pals over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world. And guess what? They have granola bars, man. I love granola bars. I eat granola bars like every day. I have all sorts of different types. I'm very picky about my granola bars. Could not be more thrilled to know that Built now has granola bars. They have three amazing flavors to choose from. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. All of those sound like music to my ears. You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. And they're different from bars and puffs because they're loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness, but it's just like bars and puffs. These babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar are in built granola bars. It's going to change your world. It's going to be a great meal replacement for you, a great way to set up your day, get through a workout, whatever it might be. I'm so thrilled to know that Built has granola bars now. As a granola bar freak, I've been eating them every day in my lunch since I was like one year old. 
that's I wasn't going to school when I was one. Grade one, how about that? When you come with the school lunch and all that stuff, I was trading for granola bars at lunchtime. I was like the swindler. I was the Sam Presti, just trading things for other granola bars. Granola bars were my vice, the way picks are for Sam Presti. If you need granola bars in your life that have protein, are delicious, have low sugar, Built Granola Bars are the place to go. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we continue on here with Mid-Level Madness on your first listen of the day with Louis Zatzman of Raptors Republic. I've got my trusty Toronto Blue Jays hat, which is far too big for my head. It's one of those ones where, like, the front of the hat is just, like, this high. I feel like I'm a conductor, so I don't often wear it. I just use it for contests like this. Uh, let's pull out a name here. The next name we have is Kyle Anderson, Slow Mo Baby. Memphis Grizzlies free agent likely not going to be retained by the team because they got lots of other dudes to pay. Lewis, take it away. Pro or anti Kyle Anderson? A lot of this game is a game. We agree more than we disagree. We end up disagreeing on everything. So I am going to be kind and allow you to take your real feeling on this one because I know you care. So I'm going to say anti. Hell, hell yeah. All right. Lean into it. Be the heel. <laughs> the Raptors have a lot of wings that are six foot eight and not wonderful shooters. Kyle Anderson makes some shots, does not draw the defense out behind the arc. Teams ignore mm -hmm. him, which mm -hmm. means he does not help the spacing, even though he makes some shots. Similar to a guy like Chris Boucher, no matter how much he makes shots, doesn't help the spacing of his rosters, of his rotations. Kyle Anderson is super slow. He's not attacking rotation, maintaining that advantage. Defensively, you're not going to switch him down to play center. You might ask him to guard a guard, but he's not as versatile as others, you know, six foot eight wings as Thad Young has been, as a guy like Scotty Barnes was. So I would be worried that he gets buried in the mix, surrounded by Toronto's six, seven guys who are all the same size, who have comparable styles of play. Wow. Another like efficient minute and three second answer, uh, which again, not a bad thing. That just means you're good at delivering takes succinctly, which is a skill. Uh, all right. For me, I'll start my timer. Kyle Anderson would be such a delight to watch play for the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have so many weird sort of in-between idiosyncratic players, Scotty Barnes being chief among them. Kyle Anderson's just like an old, less good version of Scotty Barnes. Why wouldn't you want more <laughs> of that in your life? 
He is a pretty rugged defender. Yeah, he's not an amazing three-point shooter, but he's had pops, right? He's flirted with 36, 37% at times. If he's getting open looks in the Raptors' scheme, I feel like there's probably like a league average season sitting within Kyle Anderson's bones from three-point range. And again, it's just about the aesthetics for me. It's a way to lean further in Division Six Foot Nine, lean further into having ball handlers everywhere. He's so off-kilter and bizarre to watch. He's one of the most fun role players in the NBA period to watch because of that. And I think he'd play really nicely off of the better players on the Raptors. Think about how Thad Young has looked playing with the good players on the Raptors. I feel like it might be even a more enhanced version of that. You throw Kyle Anderson in as like a sort of pseudo point guard next to Scotty and Fred and OG, maybe Trent Siakam. That's just a lot of ball handling, creation, and quirk that I think is a lot of fun to think about on the Raptors. And I, I think, for me, Kyle Anderson is like a top three or four target for me for that very reason. Shooting be damned, bring in more weird, fun, cool players who can dribble. And hey, if they lose Thad Young in free agency, he feels like a perfect replacement for him as well if you can't retain him. My time is up. Do you have a rebuttal back or do you want to just agree with me about how cool and good uh, Kyle Anderson is. <laughs> yeah, my rebuttal is actually to myself. Uh, he is he is totally the wing version of Thad Young, who is a big. Mm-hmm. They would be so good together. They both have such high assist rates. They move that ball, man. And Toronto had one of the lowest rates of assists in the league last year. Those two guys would be bench mob 10 point a million. Like they would be the most futuristic style of bench basketball I am actually all in. I love it. I just uh, wanted to give you a shot at the loving him. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're a very benevolent co- uh, guest on the show. Uh, the concept of like a duel, I don't even know if this is a thing you can run. I'm not a basketball coach, but you figure it out, Nick. Like dueling elbows offense, where it's just like uh, Anderson on one elbow, Fat on the other elbow. It's Maybe horns. This, like, That's horns. Play- yeah, sure, yes. That's one of the most common uh, sets in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not a. I, 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 sh- 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 we're gonna move on before I sound dumber. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, have those guys run the elbows every single time down the floor, and great things are gonna happen. Chris Boucher is gonna get like a bazillion dunks by cuts. It's gonna be the greatest thing in the world. Bring in Kyle Anderson. All right, next guy. Let's get to it. Next guy we're pulling out is. Uh oh, this is an interesting one. Joe Ingles. Jingles, baby. Uh, yeah. A guy who's been injured, of course, would be coming back from injury. But when he left the Utah Jazz, that whole team fell to shit. So uh, what do you think about Joe Ingles as a mid-level guy? Oh, I forgot to ceremonially throw away Kyle Anderson and Dennis Schroeder for the camera people. Now we are here with Joe Ingles. For I am going to, with extreme sadness and hesitation, say out on Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles of 2020 like the best fit I could imagine. Joe Ingles of 2022, I have doubts that he is better than Yuta Watanabe. And mm. to me, all of these wings, the bar is Yuta. Because Yuta, right. an excellent player, was not able to get minutes. And and I think rightfully not able to get minutes on last year's Raptors. Sure. I'm not sure if Ingles is a better shooter at this point. I'm not sure if he's better at creating his own shot at the rim. As at defense, he is certainly significantly worse than Yuta. He he once upon a time was an excellent defender, but players who already have a shortage of athleticism, when that athleticism wanes, find themselves at a real disadvantage. When you have an abundance, it can wane and you remain great. Look at LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? When you're just hanging on by it by your by your nails, 
Marcus Gasol, you need every inch. And Joe Ingles, I just I don't think would get minutes. You might bring him in, maybe he gets some time. He's a 20-point game here and there, hit some threes. By the end of the season, I doubt he would be in the rotation. Uh, another efficient answer here, Lewis. I'll start my rebuttal. It's going to be short because I don't really think there's a case for signing Joe Ingles, if I'm being totally honest. But to keep up the bit, uh, I mean, the shooting, he has been a great, great shooter in his past in the NBA. He's been able to pull up at times as well, which is I think the Raptors don't have a ton of. And again, the sort of idea of just like vibes and a guy who can kind of enter the locker room. He's like the anti-Dennis Schroeder. Everyone loves Joe Ingles. Everyone like respects Joe Ingles and his, you know, circuitous path to and through the NBA. I think he would be a fun addition, sort of in the vein of like a Louis Scola back in 2015-16, was it? Or 16-17? 15-16 it was. Um, you know, you're not counting on him necessarily to be like a full-time rotation guy. You're probably not giving him the full mid-level. If you're giving him a chunk of it, I think you could kind of get on board with him as like your 10th, 11th guy who's like a sage veteran dude who can come in and hit threes for you. Uh, sort of like a souped-up version of what Matt Thomas was as well for the Raptors. Again, there's a lot to be sort of considered when it comes to his returning from a very catastrophic injury and will he even be close to the player he was athletically and yeah the defense is a big time problem but I think there's a place for Joe Ingles on a cheap contract maybe not even the mid-level it might be more of like a biannual type thing if the Raptors have the, the space and flexibility to do it but yeah I, I'm having a hard time coming up with too many arguments in favor of the Raptors going and signing Joe Ingles I have just wrapped up my 90 seconds any rebuttal back to me or should we move on to the next guy is the rebuttal this is going to be uh you know secondary did Luis Scola not start playoff games for the Raptors? Oh, yes, he did. He started like yeah, so all but two mean? of what? the playoff games. You're talking okay. about not relying he, on him. He could be, well, I mean, he was a ceremonial starter. He played like four minutes and then sat the rest of the game. So like started, yes, but didn't really start in spirit. Uh, Ingles would be like if they had used Scola properly on that team. How about that? Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. One more before we hit the break. Bye, Joe Ingles. We move on to the next one here out of the hat. I'll put it on the camera for you because that's fun. Uh, all right, we have oh another old guy who's been horribly injured recently, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Uh, I'll give you ninety seconds for or against Ricky Rubio. Lewis, go. This is the first one where I I don't know how I feel. Ooh. I'm going to say I am out. Okay. Uh, I think you could convince me very easily. I think the Raptors true point guard minutes are probably spoken for. I don't mm -hmm. want a, a proper guard. Fred Van Fleet, even though you want to drop his minutes down, he's going to play 33 at bare minimum. That's the lowest you could possibly have. And the other 15-minute game, I would like C. Barnes, Pascal Siakam, play point guard. That's, sure. that's what the ideal situation is for the team. Ricky Rubio, for as good as he is, and he is a great player, does not give you enough off the ball. He doesn't cut a lot. He's not a wonderful shooter. And look, he's really good. He, you know, he plays defense. He, he connects things. Great passer. Doesn't make mistakes. Excellent player. I just don't think the context is such that he would help the team. He would probably take minutes away from the guys you want to develop. So I'm not sure if the fit is wonderful. At the same time, you saw in, in Cleveland guys who Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, but the ball, he was able to fit in so, so well at the same, you know, with those guys both getting the ball. So I probably don't have the numbers to back up my point. Um, but 
I'm really tilting my hand philosophically. I guess I want a wing, right? I want an off guard, a shooting guard sure. rather than a point guard. That's really what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, that makes total sense. My rebuttal to that is Ricky Rubio is cool as hell and he <laughs> makes everybody happy. He makes the whole team seem to be like, like what's his whole thing? Make happy face? Is that his whole thing? Like that every team that he goes to starts feeling happier. The Phoenix Suns got good in the bubble with Ricky Rubio in tow. The Cavs got happy and good last year. Sure, yes, they had Darius Garland exploding and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and all that, but everyone loved Ricky Rubio. And after he got hurt, the vibes kind of took a downturn, and the team as a whole took a downturn. Yes, because other guys got hurt as well. It's not all Ricky Rubio, but I think he does have a tangible impact. And to me, to invoke Thad Young once again, he feels like point guard Thad Young in that everyone loves him. He's going to impart wisdom, and he's going to offer pretty decent production when he's out there as well. I mean, he averaged 13 and 6 last season for the, the Cavaliers on a team where he was not the go-to initiator. Started the season with both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in the backcourt with him, and he still found a way to contribute. So I do think while he's not a perfect fit, while the shooting has never really come, he's had you know dalliances with league average catch-and-shoot numbers and whatnot, I do think the fit culturally and also adding another guy who throws kick-ass passes to the team is something I could get on board with, but your points are well taken. Um, we're going to leave it there. We're going to come back on the other side and run through a few more mid-level madness guys. Goodbye, Ricky Rubio, and we are going to uh, wrap this thing up. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that you should be checking out every single day Locked On Sports Today. It is our daily General Sports Podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. He digs in to all the big stories with the help of our local experts across the Locked On Network. So go and check out Locked On Sports today and all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, with that, let's continue on here with your first listen of the day, talking mid-level madness with Louis Zatzman from Raptors Republic. We got a few more names to pull out of the magic hat here. It's not magic. It's just a Blue Jays hat, but that's fine. We can call it magic. Ooh, it's, I can call whatever I want. It's my hat. Uh, all right. The next name I have pulled out here is a guy you suggested. One guy who has destroyed the Raptors in the past inexplicably. It is Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy yes. Lamb. You have 90 seconds for or against Jeremy Lamb. Take it away, Lewis. Jeremy Lamb is, I think, a very clean fit. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's done a lot in the nba people think he's like you know 22 years old still he actually is uh he's close to he's 29 yeah he's he's wow. close to 30 i think once upon a time he was even traded for james harden he has seen it all and i think i'm tilting my hand and showing that i probably prefer a veteran uh be added to this team they have enough guys to develop he is a career 34 percent shooter from deep not excellent but probably the best shooter that they would be bringing off the bench like immediately. And look, he, he makes very few mistakes. He's averaged under a turnover a game his entire career. He's a pretty good finisher, not phenomenal, but, you know, fairly solid. Can make shots from the mid-range, you know, bailout stuff when Gary Trent's not on the floor. He just fit in around the edges. 
And sure, if you're signing Jeremy Lamb, it's not a home run, right? Mm -hmm. You're not swinging for the fences. This is a single play. Hitting a single, not one. Obviously, it's one. Sure. But (laughs) I think it it would help undoubtedly. There's no doubt it would help. Whether you're taking away from people who might help more, sure, I would agree with that. But I think he would play minutes and he would win those minutes. And what more do you want? Wow. Minute 27. You nailed it. Wonderful job. All right. My rebuttal to that is I just don't think Jeremy Lamb is that much better than some of the guys the Raptors already have on hand. Like the Yuta Watanabe test, for example, I would much rather Yuta Watanabe play with his proven defense and actually better career three-point shooting numbers than Jeremy Lamb. Yes, he's 34% in his career. He was 30% in Sacramento in 17 games, 33% uh, with Indiana in, uh, what was it, uh, 39 games this season as well. He's had moments. He was a 40% three-point shooter back in 2021, but he played just 36 games. He's another guy who's been hurt a lot, who's missed a lot of time, and if you're going to be throwing your mid-level exception at somebody, you will hope it's someone who contributed over the course of a full season, and Jeremy Lamb hasn't done that since 20. 2018-19. He played 46 games in 1920, 36 in 2021, and then 56 this past season. That to me kind of raises some flags as a guy gets older. And I just think there's too much overlap there with Gary Trent Jr. as well. Again, I think Trent should be the go-to guy off the bench this season. I want him to be the sixth man he was born to be. And I think Jeremy Lamb is kind of surplus to requirements if that's the orientation of the team. I don't think he does enough in addition to scoring. He's not a good playmaker. He's never had high assist totals. He's not like a great rebounder for his position or anything like that. I just kind of think there's a bit too much overlap and it's just like a lesser version of Gary Trent Jr. in Jeremy Lamb as a potential signing. Though I appreciate your arguments. You have 15 seconds to rebut me i want a lesser version of gary trent jr on this team <laughs> it does that not sound hey, like a wonderful addition it does sound pretty fun you're right uh that's, that's <laughs> not a bad call jeremy lamb not a bad option i i have to say let's go to the next one here pull it on out uh we have ooh, interesting one tyus jones tyus jones of the memphis grizzlies first i have to ceremonially throw jeremy lamb's name away we move on now to tyus jones Restricted free agent with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'll let you go for or against. Fire away. Yeah, Tyus Jones, I think, is uh, one of the real, real wins, I think, signing him make the offseason to be. Wow, the grammar in that was just miserable. But I am so in. Have you ever had a dream that... uh... (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I'm in. I want Tyus Jones. Uh, Point guard. I said I didn't want a point guard. Looks like I was wrong. Tyus Jones is one of the low-mistake, low-minute kings. When I look at bench guards, one of the things I look at most is do you have a high assist-to-turnover ratio in low minutes? And three guys I really associated with that three or four years ago, Fred Van Fleet, Monty Morris, Jalen Brunson all of whom are now semi-star level contributors. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously Fred a lot higher than the others. It turns out if you just don't make mistakes and you assist other guys up in low minutes, you can play a much bigger role. And I think Tyus Jones would have a much bigger role on the Raptors. Not only would he create for his teammates, he's quite small. Yes, he's only six foot two, but he's played a lot of combo, right? He's played a lot of other ball handlers. He would not have to be the starting point guard. He could play alongside Scotty Barnes quite well. He is not uber efficient offensively, but he can chip in here and there. He shoots threes. He gets to the rim. He's a floater king. 
intensively, he's wonderful. Defensively, he, you know, can guard up. He can guard bigger guys. Time's up, baby. Time's up. You broke it. This is your first time, I think. <laughs> That's very painful. I had so much yeah. more to say. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Uh, all right. My 90 seconds begin now. Look, Lewis. I would love to never have to work again. I would love to own a house in the Toronto housing market, be able to purchase an actual home to which I could build equity and start my life. I would like to visit all of the major cities in the world and, you know, dine in on their wonderful local fare. But guess what? None of that's realistic. And so I don't even like to think about those things because it stresses me out thinking about things I can't have. And Tyus Jones is going to cost way more money than what the Raptors are going to be able to afford to give him with the piddly $10 million of the mid-level exception. This dude was one of the biggest reasons the Grizzlies went like 501 without John Morant this season. He is so essential to what they do, and the Grizzlies would be damn fools not to bring a guy who's proven he can fill in the gaps for John Morant when we know that John Morant plays a style of basketball that can once in a while be conducive to injury. And so... They're going to have to pay him, like, near Fred Van Vliet money, I would argue. And I think they should do that because Tyus Jones rocks. And you could do multiple guard lineups. You could do a jaw in Tyus Jones' backcourt in the future and probably get by with that just fine. I don't think there's worries about fit in Memphis. And so I'm not even entertaining the concept of the Raptors signing Tyus Jones because there is no way they're getting him for $10 bucks a year. He is one of the bells of the ball in free agency. Not exactly a loaded free agency class, but I think the Grizzlies have to pay him a ton of money. And there's just no way, as the timer goes off, that the Raptors are going to be able to do it. Uh, any counter to that? I have no rebuttals. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Tyus Jones. We'll do one or two more. Let's get to them here. This next one I have pulled out is... Oh, God, it's getting stuck in my fingers here. Uh, oh, baby. My favorite. DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright of the Atlanta Hawks of Toronto Raptors fame, the best basketball player in the world, if you ask Eric Kareen. Lewis, for or against DeLon Wright, take it away. I was nice once before, not again. <laughs> Give me that DeLon Wright, baby. We talk about funk and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. We talked about Thad Young, Kyle Anderson, the wing, the or the big, the wing. This is the guard version. He mm -hmm. plays at his own pace, and that pace is extremely different from everybody else. He funks through the lane, great finisher. He is uh, not as bad a shooter as everyone seems to think. Chris Boucher, level shooter, and a very good defender. Look, guys who go to different teams always start out outside of the rotation and always end up in the rotation are so good. They mm -hmm. always impact winning. And not only is he, has DeLon Wright impacted winning on teams that don't need him, the Raptors desperately need a guy like him. <laughs> we talked at the very beginning of this episode about the philosophy, that the, the traits that they require, getting to the rim, creating for teammates, spacing the floor a little, he doesn't do, but he's a good cutter. He does so much that the Raptors lack. He would slot in perfectly, I'm all in. Wow, a minute five. You did a good job here with your uh, quick and efficient response. Uh, my rebuttal, probably going to be pretty short as well, because I can't think of that many reasons to not want DeLon Wright on the Raptors. I suppose you could look at the inefficient sort of three-point shooting ups and downs in his career, right? He's had good years. He's had bad, mostly pretty average. And I just wonder if 
under what the Raptors are going to need from their role players and their bench guys, is he going to be able to offer enough shooting on enough volume to really check the boxes that they're looking for? I think that's a fair question. I would also say, you know, when he was last with the Raptors, yes, he was part of some pretty interesting and good teams, but he wasn't really playing in the system that the Raptors have adopted over the last three seasons, I would say, since Kawhi left. Can he play in that super high, you know, sort of attention to detail style of defense? We don't really know. He's bounced around from team to team. He's seen systems all over the place. It could be a bit of a culture shock for him to arrive after playing for the literal Atlanta Hawks, the team that just doesn't care about defense, uh, and just like arrive on the Raptors and be like, all right, you got to play crazy defense, otherwise you're not playing. That feels like it could be a bit of a horrible climb, but... All your other points are very well taken, and he is my number one choice. Literally last Friday, I said the ideal Raptors offseason involves him getting the mid-level exception from the Raptors. So I don't have much of a leg to stand on with the counterpoints, but I suppose if I'm trying, if I'm grasping at straws, those are it. Also, the guy's been traded like five times in the last five years. Why can't he stick on a team? Oh, the guy got to be a loser or something. Am I right? I had to go sports radio for it. That's how insane it is to not want Delon Wright on the Raptors. Any rebuttal back to that? No rebuttal. Did you know he's already 30 years old? He is not a young man. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted when he was like 24 or something crazy like that. So, yeah. yeah. Because he was like a Juco guy, if I recall. But yeah, he's a sage vet now. I thought he would be 24 forever. (laughs) He plays with the exuberance of a 24-year-old, I would argue. Uh, Also with the sort of uh, funk and weirdness of a 48-year-old YMCA guy at pickup. So it's perfect marriage of both things. DeLon Wright done. Let's do one more, shall we? Because this is fun. And I have a couple good Better be my guy. Well, who, who's your guy? I'm very curious. We'll find now. out. All right. Uh, I, I kind of want to just pick one to... Uh, all right, here we go. Is this your guy? Gary Harris? Is that your guy? Not a guy. Oh, damn it. Why don't we just I'm pick out. your guy? Just tell me your okay, guy. I'll just Here's my guy. <laughs> I'm going to lead this one off. Okay. Who's your guy? Lonnie Walker the fourth. Lonnie Walker the fourth. All right. Argue four, please. 90 so, seconds on the clock. My argument will begin with your argument. Okay. Lonnie Walker has never put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. He has never had plus. Mm-hmm. But that is what you're taking a swing on. I talked about wanting a vet. This is a developing guy, right? You you trade for Lonnie or you sign Lonnie, you're asking to develop him in the future. But mm-hmm. what he does have, the pieces he has, are exactly what the Raptors need. His jump shot, well, never being better than I think 36%, 37% maybe in a season is beautiful. You bet on pretty jumpers for guys who are young. Mm-hmm. Well, he is not an elite finisher at the rim, he absolutely flies there. And the Raptors just need someone who can dunk over a contest. Like, good, just someone who can finish, please. So many possessions in the playoffs ended with a contested mid-range pull-up because you created an advantage, Pascal created an advantage, and then no one could just do something with it. And he mm-hmm. will do something. He will jump over someone. And if he puts the pieces together, he could be a core-level contributor to the Raptors. If he doesn't, who cares? It's your mid-level exception. But I think the upside for Lonnie Walker is the absolute highest of anyone in free agency, which is why he is my number one in the way that DeLon Wright is yours. A minute 23. Very, very efficient, well-timed response. For my response, I'm going to start the clock, but I'm going to go grab a prop. So bear with me one sec. I'm not going to leave the camera, but I just need a visual aid for my argument here. So here we go as we get real performative on this bitch. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to go to my wall here. Pick this photo up. This photo I have in my hand is of one Terrence Ross. 
<laughs> and look, I love Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is one of my favorite Raptors of all time. But all the things you just described about Lonnie Walker, he's never quite put it together. The jumper is beautiful. He should, in theory, be able to make something out of nothing. That's what we thought Terrence Ross was going to do, and it never quite came together. Do you really want to bank on another Terrence Ross with this Raptors team? Again, I'm saying this as someone who loves Terrence Ross. Will forever. He's going to figure it out soon, I promise. He's like new Joey Graham. It's happening next year, baby. But... That's a lot to bank on. That's a lot of hoping. It's a lot of ifs and what ifs and oh, maybes. It's just, it's a lot to really, like when you're trying to put together a team, your whole thing today has been, we need veterans. We need guys on the team who are proven, who can kind of slot in and you know what you're going to get from them, get from them from day one. We have no idea what you're going to get from Lonnie Walker from day one, much like we had no idea what you were going to get from Terrence Ross day to day. He had a nice moment in his final season, kind of becoming a six man and all that stuff, but it wasn't until the very end. And then they shipped his ass out of town. I kind of think Lonnie Walker is the new age Terrence Ross, which again, I'll probably love him if they sign him, but is that the guy you want to bank on? Really? I don't know. There's my 90 seconds. That's the most performance I've ever done for the podcast. I'm just going to sit here with this for the rest of the time. <laughs> Incredible crop work. I have no rebuttal. That was just phenomenal theatrics. I'm so impressed right now. Fantastic. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up today's edition of Mid-Level Madness. There's more guys in the hat. We'll have to get to it another time, much like the other big men who were still in the hat. This turned out to be a very fun concept for an episode. So thank you for being a good sport, Lewis. It was great having you on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? No, <laughs> you asked me this yesterday, <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> Nothing to promote, just uh, just a pleasure to be here, man. Always a blast chatting with you. And uh, uh, Terrence Ross, I know, is one of your beloveds. Let's hope you find a new one. I'm really, really sad that I just had to like cut down Terrence Ross in the interest of an argument I know. on a podcast I for a concept I created. I'm a moron, but hey, here we are. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We'll be back again on uh, Monday as we continue on the offseason. And we're going to start diving into some trade stuff, baby. The big stuff. Uh, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton, Donovan Mitchell. I don't think any of them are happening necessarily, but we got to examine it because it's the offseason, baby. And we will have at least next week Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns to talk about the DeAndre Ayton type of thing and uh, whether that's a match and whether that could be an answer to the big man prayers of some Toronto Raptors fans. It should just be Precious Achua, but that's fine. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you for tuning in. Lewis, thank you as always for hanging out. It's lovely having you on anytime you can come hang out. We will talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.